Welcome to Speak It On. This program is designed for the edification and entertainment of the listeners and not designed to be representative of a church, nonprofit organization, or denomination. Opinions expressed are solely those of the host. Hey, hey, welcome back. And as always, thank you for listening. The reason for ritual. The reason for ritual. Have you ever wondered, why do churches do what they do in the way they do it? I mean, did they just like wake up one day and everybody said, hey, let's vote on how we're doing the service. Everyone seems to have a certain order to things. And what really kind of gets me is... uh, is a lot of times Protestants tend to get down, complain about the uh, Jewish way of doing things because they just say, "Oh, that's a bunch of bunch of nonsense, bunch of bunch of rituals, bunch of rituals." But nevertheless, every time they go to church, they have rituals themselves. I mean, you know, you've got a way of doing certain things. You know, you open the service. You have usually. Uh, music. Uh, I know in a lot of Baptist churches, you know, you you open the service with music, then you have another congregational, you know, hymn, then you'll uh, have uh, announcements, and then you'll have another hymn, and then maybe special music or another hymn, or maybe a special from the choir. Then you'll have the preaching, then you'll have the invitation, and then pretty much you can bet money. <laughs> Don't, but. Uh, that it's going to be that way the next time. And, uh, I mean, Lutheran services have a way of doing stuff. Catholic services are the same way. There's ritual. Now, there's a reason for that. So let's get back to the Jewish thought for a second. All right? Now, it's interesting that... uh, People tend to look down, get down, be negative toward uh, Jewish individuals, Jewish faith, Jewish people, um, from the perspective of their faith, thinking that that's all works righteousness. They're doing it all works. Well, so I got a question. The Ten Commandments, all right. Commandments sound very final. It's not the ten suggestions, you know. Um, Now, granted, in the Old Testament, there's more than ten commandments, in fact. According to the sages, there's 613. And they divide them up into weightier commandments and lighter commandments. But here's the thing. There's still commandments. Um... So if God gives you a command, well, what do you do? Oh, God, you're just kidding. <laughs> Thanks, man. You know, I'll do it when I feel like it. Well, you can, but God gets a little grumpy about that. And, uh, and he will tell you and explain that he is displeased, in which case is uh, you will not be very happy. So... Uh, Let's look at something for a second. Let's look at Zechariah. 
Zechariah is a minor minor prophet, not because he's a smaller prophet, not because he's a littler importance, but his book is smaller. Okay, Zechariah one one. Now I love the the title that was given, at least in this particular instance, to this passage is called a call to return to the Lord. And I would say this: anytime you see a call to return to the Lord. Take that serious upon yourself. Not just for the Jewish people, but for yourself as well. I mean, hey, can I apply this? So, it starts in Zechariah 1.1. It says, In the eighth month, in the second year of Darius, the word of the Lord came to the prophet Zechariah, the son of Berechiah, son of Edo, saying, The Lord was very angry with your fathers. Therefore say to them, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts, and I will return to you, says the Lord of hosts. Do not be like your fathers, to whom the former prophets cried out, Thus saith the Lord of hosts, Return from your evil ways and your evil deeds. But they didn't hear or pay attention to me, declares the Lord. Your fathers... Who are they? And the prophets. Do they live forever? But the words and my statutes, which I commanded my servants, the prophets, did they not overtake your fathers? So they repented and said, As the Lord of hosts proposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. All right. So, great little book. Please read it. This passage, two things I want to just kind of point out first of all. The first thing is that, again, and, and I love this so much about the Lord, he is so reasonable. I mean, that may sound, you know, you may be thinking, thinking, are we talking about the same person? I mean, he wiped out the world and then turned did it over. Well, yeah, we are. We're talking about the same person because he is reasonable. He does not want to default to the judgment. Almighty judgmental destroyer unless you absolutely give him no other choice. And how do you do that? With your own choices. You don't include him in your choices. You don't care about what he has to say. You don't care about his word. You don't care about his people. You don't care about any of that. You do that, and you're pushing him away. You push God away, and heaven help you later, because there won't be any help. So here's the thing. The thing that that I like in verse 3, Zechariah 1, is when, when he says, Thus declares the Lord of hosts, Return to me, says the Lord of hosts. But he doesn't stop there. It's not this dogmatic, Listen, you, you goofs, get your act of bloom together and come to me. And like I told you, it's... It, if you continue, he says, and I will return to you. 
God wants to meet you where you're at. He will run there. He will do everything he can do to bridge that gap. Everything you will allow him to do to bridge that gap. He will run to you as you run to him. That is, see, and that is not the image of the damnation killing everybody God. Yes, he is. But here's the thing. That is a family thing. He's running to you. He's running. Just this is the prodigal son kind of thing where he's just running to you. Put his arms around you. Okay. So that's the first thing I wanted to say. The other thing is, is in verse 6 where basically where he says, My words and my statutes, which I have commanded my servants, the prophets, did not over, you know, did they not overtake your fathers? So, overtake, basically, they were, um, they were overtaken because they neglected them. Now, have you ever had assignments, either at work or at school or something, and then you say, Ah, I can do that tomorrow. Yeah, no, I'll do that tomorrow. Oh, I'll do that tomorrow. And you put it off, and you put it off, and you put it off. All of a sudden, before you know it, you got it like over your head, and it's you're swimming and stuff that you should have done. That's the image here. It overtook them because they for, they put it off. They didn't care. They didn't engage. And there's, to be honest, Gentiles would have been even worse. So here's the thing. But it says this, so they repented. They repented and said, as the Lord of hosts proposed to deal with us or purposed to deal with us for our ways and deeds, so he has dealt with us. Now, what does that mean? That means this. God told them what he expected. And he said, look, I'm going to look at what you're, at your, the way you're living. I'm going to look at the deeds you're doing. I'm going to look at what you're, you know, at your life. And they said, you know, God said he was going to do that. And he did. And where's this, the same way for, for Christians, believers, from this perspective? We follow the Bible because we appreciate God and the gift and sacrifice of Jesus and and his lordship and his continued lordship from now on. That's why we follow the Bible. That's why you follow the Bible. You don't follow the Bible to earn anything. It's an appreciation kind of situation. It's the book of James kind of thing. So, with that scenario, let's come back to the thought of the rituals, okay? Now, is there anything wrong with church services being in a certain fashion? No. Not really. You have to have order. 
in the church. So, yeah, they do certain things at certain times. So that's not a huge thing. There's a reason for the ritual. Well, Passover, same thing. There's a reason for the ritual. There's a reason why in the temple and in the tabernacle, all of the items in there, the lampstand, the showbread, all of these things had to do with a home. So, before you get really wrapped up in condemning different groups or even just Christians in general for hey they got this they got all these bunch of rituals and this there's a reason for it uh, object lesson object lesson most people are visual learners there are some people that are auditory, a lot of people are kinetics, and some people are different you know, combinations of that. But a lot of people do visual learning, and God knows that. That's why a lot of imagery is in the Bible. So, while you're thinking that, just remember, okay? Thank you for listening to this edition of Speak It On. As always, don't be afraid to speak the word in boldness and truth. And may God bless all of your.